1: the Cincinnati Reds have won their first series in St. Louis in in a long time. I think it's been 2019 was the last time that the Reds got a series win in St. Louis. We're going to break down what on earth is going up with the Cardinals, why the Reds are so much more fun than the Cardinals are now. Love saying that. And um, an interesting player or two uh, out of this series. But first, Thank you so much for checking out this Locked On Reds Locked On Cardinals crossover. I am Jeff Gar, host uh, co-host one half of Locked On Reds and with me here is JD Halfrun. He is the host of Locked On Cardinals and um, JD, this is this is an interesting thing and and you know, we are by the way, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Thanks for joining us here on this crossover edition and J.D., I know that we we talked about this series a little bit off air and, and things like this, and you were not surprised at the result.
0: I wasn't. Uh, there, there's really not a lot of things about this team that that showed me with the Reds coming in with uh, the way they've been playing that the Cardinals would beat them in this series. And, uh, you know, they gave us hope uh, as far as Cardinals side of things on Friday night where they actually played a, a good ball game, a complete yeah. ball game. But we just haven't seen enough of that all year. And uh, on Saturday, they start kicking the ball around. They're making silly mistakes. Leads to a lot of runs right away for the Reds. And, uh, I mean, that game, after watching as many games as I've seen this year, I knew that game was over in the third inning. Like, I knew it was over. I knew they had folded their tent, and they were like, we're done. Well, we'll see you Sunday. And it, and it's horrible to watch as a fan. And, and everybody is picking up on it where – they just have no heart after a certain point when things start to go bad they just let it continue to tumble down the hill and they just say we'll get them next time and they just let the, let the game go now they did score some runs later on but they, then sunday uh, a very good game for for both sides except the you know the cardinals made a couple of mistakes the reds didn't reds get the victory and it's just been the same thing over and over again for the cardinals this season so it didn't shock me that the reds came in took 2 of 3
1: you and I are both lifelong fans of our team. We've watched our teams for as long as we can remember. And for as long as I can remember, what the Reds did to the Cardinals in this series is what the Cardinals have done to the Reds for my entire life. There, mm-hmm. There's something about the base running, the way that they move, the way that they feel, the way that they pitch. Just everything seems to complement each other. And I think that's the biggest thing with the Cardinals. You'll have like a couple of dudes do something really cool, and then the very next batter, or the very next pitch, or something like that, it all gets completely derailed. Like, watch mm. watching the Cardinals, they seem a little station to station on the bases. There's not a whole lot of, you know, mm. I- I- excitement or or they're they're not really being disruptive on the base paths and things like that. Whereas the the Reds, that's their mo. Like if they can't do that, they're not going to win a ball game, and they do it so well. I I, I love mm. to see that dichotomy there. But I think just the more that I keep watching the Cardinals and trying to figure out why I was so wrong. I, I picked them to win the division. They they had what I thought was the most talented team in the division. But I think for that, I have to start with Ollie Marmol. Like I know it's not very characteristic of the Cardinals to start questioning their manager so quickly into his tenure. But when you just constantly see such a systemic breakdown, like the, fielding isn't working the pitching isn't working the hitting's not working on a consistent enough basis like if you're not Goldschmidt or Arenado no one's really worried about you and I think that's got to be pointed the finger pointing the finger at Ollie Marmol like I don't know like it, it, the Cardinals are not one to make a change so quickly and they usually give managers time because usually they make the right hire but it's hard to say Ollie Marmol's the right guy right now.
0: And you're voicing exactly what the fan base is saying as well. They're noticing that, like, it's the small things that the Cardinals are screwing up that lead to these one run losses. So they're now seven yeah. and 15 after Sunday and one run games. Mm. And normally that's flipped when you're a Cardinal fan you like you see like you mentioned you know usually they may they come up with that defensive play or that key hit and they're just not doing it anymore they're the team that's making the mistakes that's leading to wins for the other teams um on paper i still think if you put them down you would say the cardinals if you looked at their roster and then you looked at the reds you would say cardinals are probably a better team but they're not they're, they're not this year right and, and it's, it's for all of the things that you mentioned uh there just seems to be um there's no creativity to the offense. It's a, a runner gets on second and they don't even try to move the guy over. Like it's like they're swinging for the fences each time, waiting for that two-run or three-run bomb and they don't move the guy over and the guy gets stranded on second. Or if they get a guy in scoring position, they can't come through. They how many popouts were there this this weekend so when bad. there was runners in scoring position or just strikeouts in general? They don't even put the ball in play and I I I don't know who to blame for the way that they approach these at bats. I I don't know if it's something that they're saying, you know, with, with their, their hitting coach again, they, they replaced their hitting coach, their pitching coach, Ollie's in his second year, no Yachty, no Albert. So a lot of the leadership that you had, that was like a veteran thing is gone and it doesn't appear that, The voices that we're hearing in the dugout that the players are listening to are either giving them the right information or it feels like they've tuned them out already. That's just what it seems like. Although when our president of baseball operations, John Moselak, will get interviewed, he'll swear to you that the players have Ollie's back. They trust him. They trust the coaching staff. They just have to play better. Right. But, I mean, we're talking June now, man. I mean, the, you I, I almost you are what you are by this point.
1: Yeah, uh, you're, you're really – I mean, a run could get it in this division. I, I definitely – like, if they come up with a September run like they had in 2021, they're going to win it. But I also look at this and I, I wonder and, – and it's rarely ever this easy in baseball. Totally understand that. But you mentioned it. Yachty Molina's not there anymore. And there's something about this Reds team with Jonathan India – with the mentality of these young guys that are coming up and Matt McClain and Ellie De La Cruz, where anytime someone talks to them about anything, they're just like, man, you had a three hit game. That's amazing. Yeah, man, we won. That's, that's what I'm happy about. Like, that's what they're talking. They keep talking about team focused stuff. We're winning Jonathan India is just like, man, look at all these guys that are doing all this stuff. Like he never talks about himself. And there's something about this mentality that is in the Reds locker room. That was in the Cardinals locker room. And maybe it is as simple as Yadier Molina not being any there, not being there anymore to be that leader. And I, I think it's, you know, it's one of those things that, especially in professional sports, it's a bit overplayed talking about your your vocal leader or your guy that's getting everybody rah rah. But maybe there's something to that because, as much as Paul Goldschmidt is a perennial MVP candidate, and as much as Nolan Arenado is a surefire dude for a Gold Glove and and probably a silver slugger in there as well. And he's up there in the MVP race. It just doesn't seem like there's a glue to this team. Like there's not that, that dude in the middle of the lineup that you just don't want to face. And you really can't put your finger on it because, well, he's batting two sixty, but he's getting on base almost 40% of the time. Like there's not that guy for Mm -hmm. this team. And it feels like the reds have multiple dudes like that. There's just tough outs through the top half of the order. And it's starting to, trickle down into the bottom half i mean we saw will benson had a three hit game on sunday my dude is coming back Mm -hmm. um you see guys like luke Maley coming up big in situations where you're like this guy was just kind of starting to get his sea legs about him in cleveland and then the reds picked him up in free agency this year and now you look at him you're like man he's kind of an important part of this team there's so many dudes that don't stand out on a stat sheet they're starting to make these plays and I'm just not seeing that from St. Louis.
0: Yeah. And it's it what's disheartening when watching the Cardinals play and then watching the Reds play and they, they played a lot recently. So the, I mean, mm-hmm. fans are noticing this is there is an energy. There's an excitement. The Reds have a losing record. Okay. <laughs> you wouldn't know that by watching the way that they take the field and the, the right. way that they react to each other and, how they have each other's back and just uh, you know, the, you've got the speed aspect now with Ellie, who was on display on, on Sunday as far as his speed side. But McLean runs very, very well. And you're in yeah. India, is just a very smart, solid ball player who is just annoying to play against because he just does all the little things right. He's the guy that's getting on base, you know, pops the the home run to get things going in that in that first inning, you know. And it's the Cardinals, um they just don't have any energy. Ever like it, they look exhausted every time they walk out there. And when you hear interviews from Ollie, um, you know, there's no excitement in his voice about anything. Like, even when they win, he's like, Yeah, good job today. You know, that's what they're supposed to do. Well, and it took a page
1: and, out of David Bell's book there. Exactly.
0: <laughs> that's what I think, too. So, David Bell, your manager. Is as dry as possible. Like he is just, there's nothing about him that says, yeah, dude, I want to play for that guy. Right. Although I like it when he gets upset and gets kicked out of games because he's got, you know, some fight there. But um, wh- whatever it is, I don't know if it's just the youth in your clubhouse and the Reds' clubhouse that is just kind of like, because they weren't around, uh, you know, a lot of these guys that are on the Reds right now weren't around through the struggles. You right. know, there's a couple of guys that are, but They're not one that's been used to losing where, yeah, I feel like that's kind of a thing where if you got guys who are normally used to losing, it just kind of has an effect on the rest of the people in the clubhouse. The Cardinals don't have a lot of guys that are used to losing either, but you wouldn't know it when they come out there because even when they're winning, they still look like they're losing or they're waiting for that other shoe to drop that's going to screw up whatever game that they have going on where they're in the lead. And uh, I, I don't know how to fix it, but that that's what I'm looking at when I watch these games. Like, you know, it's like watching paint dry with this team. Like, it's just not an exciting team. But you look on paper and you're like, you've got guys that should be very exciting to watch. You've got an Arenado and a Goldschmidt. Nolan Gorman's been a monster this year. You know, looking at possible All-Star game with that. You've got Lars Newbar, although he's been hurt a couple times, uh, you know, I wish I had the answers. I wish I could explain to you exactly why they are the way they are, but it just seems like it's a number of little things that are causing the big picture, which is a losing baseball team.
1: Well, you know, you mentioned Ellie De La Cruz, and uh, there is a comparison that I have, and you are not aware of this comparison. We're going to make that comparison coming up next, and you're probably going to rip me in half for making it. But. <laughs> We have got to make it. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors of today's crossover, and that is eBay Motors. Speaking of getting the right players in the right place, you definitely want to have the right parts that fit your car, eBay Motors, is going to help that out. Whether we're talking about, you know, putting uh, the right player in the right position, or if you need to upgrade at a certain position on your car, eBay motors can help. They've got so many parts to choose from, and they've got the eBay uh, guaranteed fit. You can be sure that whatever part you need for your car fits just right. The first time you got to check them out today at ebay motors they have over 122 million parts to choose from and you know you're not gonna have to trade a top prospect in order to get them or at least you know sometimes you know depending on what kind of part you need it might be a little expensive but uh ebay motors has you covered get you the right fit at the right spot uh check him out today ebay motors and you know you can create a profile you can add your car to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back get the right parts the right fit and the right price on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guarantee fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply
0: now, Jeff, before we continue here, every time we say let's ride, do you ever feel a little bit like you have to be Russell Wilson when you say it?
1: <laughs> a little bit? Um, it's, <laughs>
0: it's the first thing I thought of, let's ride.
1: It's nice that he's chilled out a little bit and we can just laugh <laughs> about that instead of being like, oh, he's not as good as he used to be. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> feel Feel that a little bit. And you know what? You can catch every pitch of your hometown broadcast, whether you're a Cardinals or a Reds fan on SiriusXM. I don't know how that correlates, but check it out on the (laughs) SXM app. Search Reds or Cardinals. We just want to bump our friends over at Sirius. Um, All right, J.D., I get this feeling. And and, and look, he's not the same player. And Lord knows it's only been like 22 at-bats. So I'm getting way ahead of myself when I say this. But I remember when Albert Pujols came up. And I remember the effect that he had on Cardinals games when he played. And I'm not saying Ellie De La Cruz is a world-breaking power hitter like Albert Pujols was. But the effect and the ability to completely change a game that Albert Pujols has, Ellie has that. And so I think that there's a little bit of what Albert Pujols brought to the Cardinals is what we're seeing with Ellie. Because as much as I love... Jay Bruce and Joey Votto and Homer Bailey and all those guys that came up with the Reds. None of them have had the kind of impact in just a very tiny, short amount of time that Ellie has.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's not, it's a good comparison. Um, you know, it's weird because when Albert came up, you know, you didn't have the social media hype machine that you can That's build true. now, which is something like remember how difficult it used to be to figure out what your minor league guys were even doing. And okay. now you you know, like you have plenty of people who were you, hey, Ellie was down here. And he hit two over the scoreboard and he stole three bases and he scored from first base on a pop up to the pitcher. Like all of that <laughs> stuff, you hear about it instead of having to wait for the newspaper on like a Sunday, like a weekend. Of, you know what I mean? Like a, get a
1: recoup- out- recap. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And you would hear, <laughs> and then you'd be like, oh my gosh, yeah, look at this guy. Like, we ought to keep an eye on him. And now you have instantaneous information about these guys. And uh, I think that's one thing that the Reds and uh, well deserved. Ellie's been able to to pull off is that uh, not only has MLB pushed, you know, hey, you got an exciting guy here who's coming up. Everybody should be watching this guy. Uh, But the Reds themselves have been like saying, hey, Ellie's been doing this down there. And that's why you had the anticipation for weeks uh, of when he was going to come up. And the only thing that would have derailed this whole thing is if he fell flat on his face. And, you know, went over 20 to start the, you know, his tenure in the major leagues. And he did the exact opposite. Other than the strikeouts, there's really nothing to complain about with what's going on. He's showing you every reason why that ESPN had him as the number one prospect. And so much that, you know, Jordan Walker's over here, who was the number one prospect on MLB.com. He's their number one pipeline guy. And you're not hearing anything about him anymore. Even though <laughs> he's bigger, he's stronger than Ellie, he's younger than Ellie, and yet nothing. You got crickets because the Reds have done something right where they 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 built it up where the Cardinals just plopped him on the opening day roster, let him have his little streak, and then they shipped him back to Memphis. Like they yeah. screwed this thing up so bad of how you could have, you know, built some excitement for your franchise and for this guy who's considered a top five. And in some places, the number one prospect over LA de la Cruz, but you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know right. it at all. He's down there batting in the eighth hole, or maybe the seventh on a lucky day where the reds go, LA de la Cruz, you're back cleanup tonight. And probably <laughs> right. the rest of the year, good luck, do what you do and go, and, and go, go cook. And the Cardinals aren't letting Walker do that whatsoever. I, I have nothing but excitement for the game of baseball. When, guys like L.A. De La Cruz come up, and it, it was uh, on full display this weekend. You know, uh, I, w- I was super impressed, and uh, I expect huge things out of him. And, I mean, what he comes up in June, and he still might win NL Rookie of the Year. Like, hands down, might just blast past everybody else. And I, I think the Reds fans should be very excited about that.
1: I think, and... In- there's no way that we have of any verifying this, but I think that before the game, Adam Wainwright was, was talking to some teammates and he's just like, just don't, just don't make me cover first against him. And then all <laughs> of a sudden he beats him to first. Like yeah. he was, you know, that Adam Wainwright, after his start, after he got pulled from the game, he goes into the dugout. And he's just like, oh, I I said it. I, I knew this was going to happen because, I mean, he's just so otherworldly fast. And, no. and and I was thinking about this with Jordan Walker, and I understand there is a all-world legendary dude at the position that Jordan Walker has come up through the minor leagues playing. He's not going to play third base over Nolan Arenado, But I almost wonder if that might have been a reason to maybe hold him down a little bit more. I don't know. Like, I I, I kind of feel like Jordan Walker at the plate – is ready, but it, it looks like when he's in right or in left field, he he's just out of position
0: and it's in, just any, any field. Yeah. He's just learning that he's only been there one year and he, right. he was learning it. He was a double a last year. Like the, yeah. and I say this over and over, the mistake the Cardinals made was putting him on the opening day roster. Let him go down the triple a you did know, the Reds could have done that with Ellie. If they wanted to, they could have pulled him up at double a, no, they were smart. They were like, no, no, no. Why don't you go the next level? Go figure some stuff out. Let's get everything the way it needs to be before we yank you up. And for some reason, the Cardinals, who already had five outfields, were like, hey, Jordan, let's bring you up, too. Why not? Why not throw as many people in the outfield as possible? And right. it, it, was just, it was a mistake from the get-go. Uh, they should have let him, let him do his thing down in Memphis. And then you could have built the excitement that the Reds have done with L.A. De La Cruz and said, hey, look at this top prospect who might come up and inject some actual energy into this team. And instead, he was part of the ugliness that was April, gets sent back down, Comes back up, and then they're not, they're just like, well, you're going to go sit down there in the bottom of the half of the lineup anyway. You know, you're going to, we're going to let Contreras continue to fail, and you're going to sit way down there and, hey, do whatever you do. We, we don't really care at this point. It's fine.
1: And I think that that is a point of importance because, and, and I was guilty of doing this, Steve and I were guilty of doing this, of being impatient, of waiting sure. to see Ellie De La Cruz get called up. It was very evident that he was ready. Mm-hmm. basically one week into his tenure in triple a, but at the same time, it feels like the Reds waited a perfect amount for him. Yeah. They waited a perfect amount for Matt claim. They waited a perfect amount for Andrew Abbott, who didn't really make that many starts at triple a either before he got the call up. And I think that we are wont to complain about our favorite teams calling up their top prospects. And it's a little bit easier, like looking through the past 10 years the Cardinals haven't had to wait because they've had lots of good talent on the major league roster. Whereas the Mm -hmm. reds have constantly told us, you know, when when we get these guys up here, we're going to be good. And so we're just like, all right, when's that going to be? When are we calling them up? And then now we're finally seeing it. And as much as it's annoying to say that, boy, you know, patience might've paid off here. I think it has. And just noticing the way that, that Jordan Walker has been about that. I'm like, man, I feel like, they might've did him a little bit dirty. Like the Reds, mm-hmm. I, I look back at what they did with Jose Barrero in 2020 and really what they've done with him the last couple of years. They probably mishandled him quite a bit. He might've been a better player had they maybe not necessarily slow played it a little bit, but at least given him some more time. Cause definitely felt like 2020 when they first called him up, he wasn't ready. Yeah. And then he just never really developed. Now Jordan Walker to his credit been much better than what Jose Barrero showed once he first got called up. That's not even a question. Uh, but I wonder, I do wonder about him defensively and you know, do we see because Nolan Arenado's sticking around for a while, it's not as if they're just going to be like, you know what, let's trade him and make room for Jordan Walker. Mm-hmm. So are they going to find that position for Jordan Walker to play there in St. Louis? And conversely, like just w- looking at the way that Ellie De La Cruz plays the game, like we, we kind of, we're surprised when we saw that he was batting cleanup in his first game ever. And I mean, it was the same way with Matt McClain. He started batting second, as soon as he was called up and you're like, boy, that's a lot of pressure to put on these guys. And they're just showing out. I almost wonder if Ellie de la Cruz isn't better batting leadoff, And that's going to be a discussion point that I probably scream into a cloud for a little bit, but you know, I mean, he's, he's working really well with what the reds have done and where they've put him in position to play right now
0: yeah and uh the fact that he's a switch hitter is such a a wonderful thing to have. You don't see a lot of those anymore and uh he could just he could just beat you in so many ways. You've seen the power with the uh the one home run that almost cleared great American ballpark. <laughs> yeah. You haven't seen a home run since, but then you're seeing him hit little choppers off the plate and beating those out at first base where the shortstop had to eat it. Even though there was a runner on first, Young just goes, I'll put it in my pocket. Like (laughs) you couldn't even get the guy at second because I believe that was McLean at the time who's fast too. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it puts so much pressure on the the defense. You saw it in Sunday's game. You know, The, the infields in, everything was perfect for what the Cardinals had planned. Ground ball to short, throws it at home. Ball's not – the throw's not on the inside uh, of the base path there. And Ellie's too fast. Beats the throw. Like, they did everything right except for maybe the throw was a little off and yet his speed is a difference maker. And, uh, you know, that's something about – it's going to be good for him is that he's going to be on base all the time because even when he's not swinging the bat the best, he's still going to get on base because he's going to beat out these little dinkers and choppers. And the other thing that was impressive was his ability to take pitches – on Sunday and get a couple of walks, which ended up being a huge difference makers in yesterday's game. You know, him stealing bases, his speed on the bases. And that's what beat the Cardinals yesterday.
1: The most recent guy to wear the number forty-four for the Cincinnati Reds did not have an ability to take pitches, and that's why he's no how longer. How dare
0: win. you say that about Adam Dunn? What an amazing! Hey, no, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no! I'm saying Aristides. Aquino, oh, Aquino, Aquino's the <laughs> other one.
0: I was gonna say we had this discussion the other day with some friends. Uh, Adam, Dun- how good would Adam Dunn be in this era oh. of baseball? Like, would legend, legend, Adam Dunn, Definitely. If he played now,
1: definitely a couple hundred million dollar man for sure. Like, <laughs> my
0: gosh, have he was perfect. a man
1: before his time.
0: Yeah, (laughs) unfortunately,
1: but Elliot of the Cruz is right in his time. You know what, though? Speaking of time, there's still some time. And as much as June at this point, we really are starting to figure out some things about our teams. There really is time for some things to change. And we're going to look at how those things can change for both the Reds and the Cardinals coming up next. Before we do, though, want to let you know you can catch every pitch of the Reds and Cardinals hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just search Reds or Cardinals on the SXM app today. Uh, I know the Reds have a series against the Royals beginning at Kauffman Stadium tonight at 8 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Are the Cardinals off today or are they starting a new one? Cardinals got the Giants. Cardinals got the Giants. Cardinals, out. Giants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So just I know uh, they're um... starting to figure some things out. So that might be interesting. But, uh, I wish I had faith in my dudes that they were going to change something,
0: but I imagine it's more of the same two out of three. We'll go to the giants and it's just the way it'll be.
1: And that's kind of where we want to take this, this last couple of minutes here is where we're, you know, putting a bow on this most recent Reds-Cardinals series and and looking forward because, again, both teams, and as much as we love to talk about the Reds, man, they got a shot in the NL Central. The Cardinals absolutely have a shot, even though they're last place right now and they're, you know, what's it now, nine and a half? like they they, are, It just blows yeah. my mind that that's where they are at this point, but yeah. there's still an opportunity to do that. And let me, let me start this off. I'm not going to ask you – the open-ended question of how can the Cardinals fix this? Because I know what the answer is, and it's I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going to say
0: – I mean, I kind of know, but it's not a sexy answer. Would
1: a change in management do
0: it? I, That's—I Here's the thing, because people want that, because usually when a, when a team is not performing up to standards, standards that they're expected to, usually something like that happens. You know, like the Phillies last year. They, they fire their manager, and they take off, and they end up going to the World Series. The problem with the Cardinals there is the Cardinals were in the playoffs last year. And this is their handpicked guy, Ali Marble, to take over for Mike Schilt, who was a winner, but didn't want to <laughs> do things the way the Cardinals wanted to do them. He, he wasn't into the analytics as much. And that's not how he wanted to run his club. He was an old school guy and he wanted to, you know, follow his gut. And this is what I believe will happen. And they said no. That's not how we're going to run things. You can either be on board or we're going to replace you. The guy was up for a second manager of the year award in three years, and they fired him. (laughs) That's got to tell you something. So Ollie is the guy that they have hand chosen for the third time in a row, by the way, a guy who has never managed a major league baseball game until he became manager of the Cardinals. That's weird to me. Mike Matheny, then Schilt and then Marmel. Bizarre. And people were wondering if uh, somebody like a Joe Madden would make sense for the Cardinals to come in and shake things up and bring some life and to make baseball fun again. I agree. I'd They need something to change to make this fun again because it's still a game and they should be enjoying their time on the baseball field because you do everything in life better when you're having fun while doing it. You can say that about any job. You know, when it doesn't feel like work, that's when you're in the perfect spot, right? Well, every day feels like work to the Cardinals. And I just don't think they're going to fire Ollie. I mean, it took them two and a half years of Matheny not taking them to the playoffs before they finally said, "Okay, enough's enough. Mm -hmm. And if Schilt hadn't done what he'd done, where he just said, well, I'm not going to do it that way. He would still be here, too it's not because he was a bad person. It's just he wasn't on board with the way they wanted to do it. Ali is a yes man, and he's doing exactly what the front office wants him to do. Mm -hmm. They're just not winning by doing it that way and to fire him. And who are they going to bring in? They're not going to bring in a Joe Madden type of person. They're not going to they don't want that personality where they have to like they just had Schilt that way where they're like, well, we can't, you know, get him to do what we want. You know, Joe Madden got fired from the Angels for being that guy where he was like, I'm not really into how you want things run. They kept losing, and then he got canned.
1: It kind, but, of, it kind of sounds like, to, to me, like if they do move on from Arley Malmore, they might move on from John Mazeliak as well.
0: But he just signed an extension. He ain't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. This is your – this is it. This is, this is your manager. This is your front office for the next couple of years. They're not going anywhere. They got to get it done on the baseball field, and the only other way to – kind of get things moving is to shake things up would Mm -hmm. be through trades, right? Right. Well, if you're going to trade stuff, you're not going to trade them now. You know, you're going to wait till the trade deadline when people are worth more, they've got pieces that they can move. That would be valuable to other teams out there with Montgomery and Flaherty set to hit free agency. Jordan Hicks set to be free agents, a free agent as well. Um, I mentioned Tommy Edmond is a guy that he can do pretty much anything you want. You saw what he could do in center field never really played there before and he's just diving and making plays all over the place. Like it's, it was really fun to watch him. Uh, what would he be worth to somebody who's trying to make a push for the playoffs? Right. But when do you make these moves to shake things up, to get things going in the right direction? The, the bad part about the Cardinals is they're expecting to win. They were supposed to win. They're not winning where the Reds over the last couple of years have had the chance to slow play things, as you mentioned, where they weren't expected to win so they could take their time. Where the Cardinals are, it's like, now, now's the time. Because Goldie, Arenado, not getting any younger. You know? You just signed Contreras. You just signed Contreras. He's not getting any younger. You know? There's a window here of like two, three years where they thought that would be the core and compete. And it's not working this year. And anything that a team would normally do in this situation to shake things up is something that they can't do. Or are not going to do. They're not going to fire Ollie. It's not going to happen. So, they got to get consistent play from the guys they got and get healthy in their outfield. They haven't had that thing since the like third week of the season where, you know, they came in thinking they had too many outfielders. Now we got our gold glove, second baseman playing center field. Like what, what happened?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Weird how it took a turn, Right. And See, that's the, that's where the, the red situation is so strange because like you said, like the reds being under 500 right now would surprise somebody with all the hype that they've seen. Yeah, You wouldn't the team. know
0: it. You wouldn't know it. You would think they were in first place running I, away with things.
1: You, you think, you think they were challenging the, the Braves and the, and the Dodgers and yeah. the diamondbacks. We just say the diamondbacks have one of the best re- records in the national league, but here we are, um, you know, challenging them, but they're not quite there yet and how they get there is an interesting conversation that Steve and I are going to have quite a bit over the next few months because as the trade deadline approaches, the Reds do have some glaring holes. And as much as I'm so excited about how they're playing right now, they have some obvious needs. They definitely need depth in the starting rotation. And as much as we're loving the rookies there, there's still, you know, um, and second-year guys in Green, Ladola and Ashcraft, there's still injuries that they're dealing with. There's still struggles and some dry spells that they've been going through. And how does that all get supplemented? And I really feel like the easiest thing that the Reds need to do is add another starting pitcher so they can move Ben Lively to the bullpen. Because Ben Lively is going to be much more valuable to this team if he can be a long man, emergency starter type guy. I think we saw it on Friday. Sure, he can throw seven innings. But in those seven innings, the other team is going to score a few runs. Like, that's just going to happen. That's mm-hmm. the kind of guy that you want pitching two, three, four innings to kind of bridge the gap from a starter to a bullpen, a struggling starter to the bullpen. So how do they go about making that move is the biggest discussion around this team, because Nick Kral has made his hay and has really built this team on. We are going to develop from within. We traded for some of these guys. We drafted most of these guys or, you know, signed an international free agency and, and all that different stuff. So how does he kind of use that and move it into a championship contender? Because that's the next step of this process. We've, we've done the teardown, we've done the adding of talent. We're starting to call up the first big wave of the team. So how does he, you know, complement that? And, is he going to sell off pieces of, you know, big pieces of next coming waves? Like is Noel v. Marte available? Is Edwin Arroyo available? Is, is cam Collier are guys like that available and would they really trade them for somebody that they might only have two months of control or a year and two months of control over? I don't think that's the answer. However, Nick crawl mm. has been quoted as saying here recently in an article in the Inquirer. he said, we're not here to build a farm system we're here to win ball games, which is something that Reds fans have said for many, many years, and we haven't really <laughs> heard the team say it. So when he said it, I got a little bit of tear joy in my eyes. So I don't know what that <laughs> means. I don't know what the Reds are about to do this trade deadline. They might be far more interesting than we're giving them credit for, but I know this, the sites have now been turned to now we're no longer talking about wait, we're going to be good soon. It's going to be here. Eventually it's now. And the, the window, while it may not necessarily technically open this year, the window is definitely open next year. And how do you supplement that team? It's going to be a lot of fun as we go through the trade deadline. And then as the off season starts, what are the reds going to do? Because they're going to be busy.
0: Yeah. And I, I would say this, you know, talking about Arizona, um, I think they're a year ahead of where they thought they'd be as far as competing for the NL West. I, I thought, cause you saw that they were building a nice thing down there. And then it was like, okay, one more year, maybe same with like Baltimore, same way with them, where it was like, yep. I think they're one year away from really getting there, but the window cracked open and now they have a chance. I think it's the same way with the Reds. You can't tell me that you're scared of the Brewers or the Pirates in this division right now, the window has opened up now. What do you do with it is uh, right. is the question. Do you think Reds fans will be frustrated if they don't make a move at the deadline and just stand pat maybe they don't trade anybody and they just go with their guys because you're still waiting for you know nick lodolo to come back from a from an injury there um hunter green has looked a lot better more consistent over his last few starts so that's been good Ashcraft is going the wrong way he's hurt now but you bring up abbott and he's been phenomenal in his first two starts so you're headed in the right direction you know and uh who's the one piece that could put you over the top to take over the division. I don't know if there's, I don't know who's going to be available, you know, it's June right. still. So, um, I got a Jack Flaherty and a, and a Jordan Montgomery. If you're interested, we can make a deal there. If you, <laughs> uh, if you're interested at all in a, one of those guys, we, we should have a discussion.
1: I know people keep talking about Shane Bieber. I can't see Cleveland selling though. Cleveland's still in it, and their division's worse than yeah. the NL Central. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: I just mentioned that the other day. L Central's got a losing record for their first place team. At least <laughs> yeah. they did the other day. The Twins were like thirty-one and thirty-two and in him first. So yeah, I don't know why Cleveland. And they've got him under control too. It's not like it's right. you know he's a free agent. So it, it doesn't seem like there that would make a lot of sense.
1: And he'd so. be expensive as all get up, and he should be because he's amazing. But that that's that's a that's an example of a guy that I don't think. The Reds are going to stretch for because I think yeah. most likely what's going to happen is it's a guy that, like, you see some teams make a deal for a guy and then they immediately sign him, a la Nolan Arenado. They trade him and then they sign him to a contract extension. I think that might be the way that the Reds go. And they're not going to do that for a guy that they have to sign for multiple hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. So there's a lot of dudes we can lop off the top of the list. Like, as much as I hate to say it, guys, and as much as, you know, Reds fans are like, hey, maybe they're not going to go trade for Shohei Ohtani. It's just not going to happen. So, <laughs> yeah. I, mean,
0: I don't see him. I don't think he's leaving L.A. He's no. either going to be an Angel or a Dodger, one of the two. I don't think he's going anywhere else.
1: The Angels would never live that down. They would never live that down. But, hey, yeah. we're getting well ahead of ourselves talking about who's in, who's out, and all this other stuff. What we know is the NL Central still ripe with opportunity. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see how both of our teams seize the day moving forward but that'll do it for our locked on crossover here between locked on reds and locked on cardinals thank you all so much for checking out today's episode still plenty more where it comes from make sure that you follow each of our podcasts for daily updates about the reds and the cardinals as we move through this 2023 mlb season but until then make sure you keep it locked on every day because we are your team every day hey prime members